So when, when people ask me where I'm from, I always ask them, how long do you have? Because there's not a simple answer. But I found uh, maybe a, a simple way is, is to show a picture of my parents and tell you where they're from. Uh, and that, that helps explain. So, so um, my, my dad is, is from the States. He's from Arkansas. My mom was born in Manchester. Her mom was English, but her dad was Jamaican. My mom and dad have been Christian workers for about 50 years in, in Bangladesh. Um, they actually just moved to uh, London last, last summer to be closer to us. Um, but, but they were, since the early 70s, they were in Bangladesh. So we were born and brought up in Bangladesh. And now I'm married to um, Donna, who's from Northern Ireland, and I've been living here about um, 12 years. Maybe we can see the, the next, next picture. So that's my, 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 my family. Donna works for the Evangelical Alliance three days a week. And then we have Micah, who's about to turn 14, and Tabitha, who is 11. So you can see when people say, where are you from? Um, it's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> There's not, not, a, not a simple answer, but I'm a child of God and a global citizen, and, and I think as I get older, that's the thing that becomes more and more precious to me, uh, and, and my earthly identity, though interesting, is not um, so important. And it's really good to be able to speak to you about mission. I know you're a church with a great uh, history of, of supporting mission and being involved in mission, and I hope what I'm going to share today is going to um, both encourage you to keep on um, doing that, but also maybe challenge you a little bit as we talk about the world we live in today and how we need to be adapting to make sure that we um, are being uh, used by God in his global mission. So we can have the next slide. Um, so, so I've called this being um, a Christ-centered missional community. So Christ-centered, you know, that if we don't have that, we have nothing to offer the world. So we hold tightly to our Christ-centeredness the, the Jesus we find in, in the Bible, um, in God's Word. But with that, we live in the world, and a world that needs Jesus, doesn't know Jesus, and we want to be missional communities. By missional, I mean uh, a church that is looking to, to reach out to the world with the good news of Jesus. A church that wants to grow by, by people coming into your community who have found Jesus and, and being part of your community and growing in their, their discipleship. Um, so, 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 so I want to talk about what, what, it, what it looks like to be Christ-centered, what it looks like to be missional in these times. And, and I think um, my organization, OMF, was founded by Hudson Taylor in 1865, uh, a long time ago. He was a very radical man. That was a time when, when the churches were full in England and Ireland, but he knew there were countries like China where there were uh, hundreds of thousands of people dying every week without the knowledge of Jesus, and, and, and the church really wasn't very, very involved in, in overseas missions, so he founded an organization, and, and he, he, he recruited a group of, 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 of people, um, both from Ireland and from across the UK, um, who were willing to leave everything behind and, and go to China to, to, to live there and to share their faith with the, with the Chinese people. And uh, they, they sailed in a boat called the Lammerer uh, from, from Liverpool. It took about six months, and they got to Shanghai. And many of those people, can you imagine when they said farewell to their families, um, the, the, the expectation was that, that they would never see them again. So people willing to make such a huge sacrifice for the lost. And, and Hudson Taylor ha had this uh, burning passion on his heart 
which he went around churches um, sharing, and, and people would immediately sign up afterwards, say, God's spoken to me, I'm going to get on that ship, and I'm going to go with you. Uh, amazing um, um, the, the sacrifices people made and, and the passion they had for mission. But of course, the world has, has changed a lot since those days. And we, um, in Hudson Taylor's day, you would have expected most people would have been brought up familiar with Christian values, with the Bible, with church. Most people went to church. It was an expected thing to do. Um, and, and you could have said that that was a time when, when uh, really, we could say Europe, the, the Western world, you know, Christendom was still um, intact and strong. But the world has, has changed a lot now. And, and we find that, that, that the people, even in our towns and cities here, we can't assume um, they, they, they know very much about God, the God of the Bible. And I think we have to shift our mindset and the way we um, live and operate a little bit um, in, in order to understand this, this new context we live in. Um, Jesus, um, his last words to his disciples were that, that, that they would be his witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And, and, and I, as we are today, Jesus' disciples, that call is to each one of us. Uh, and, and the call is there for the ends of the earth. Every one of us should be considering how might God use us to see people reached in places where there is no church, where there is no witness. Am I to go? Am I to support others? Am I to pray? Um, but Jesus also mentioned Jerusalem, and Jerusalem was right where people were. And our involvement with mission starts right where God has us right now, but it includes the concern for, for the whole world. It's, we could say it starts by going across the street, but it may also lead us across the world. And of course, society in Northern Ireland has changed very rapidly recently. Um, we can say society outside the church is less and less associated with Christian values, less understanding and respect for the Bible, and we maybe also have to then adapt um, how we witness and realize that, that those who are without hope and without knowledge of Jesus aren't just across the world. They're, they're much closer to home now because of the, 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 the changes that have gone on. And, and uh, we have the next slide. Um, I think, think um, I would say that every Christian now needs to have a mission mindset. When missionaries will go to work and live in, in, in other countries and cultures, um, they very carefully learn about those cultures. They learn about the way the people think in those cultures, and they very carefully think about how, how can they live in a way, how can they speak in a way that they're able to share their faith in a way that people with a very alien culture will understand and, and perhaps accept it. And I think we need to be thinking about that as the culture around us becomes more and more alien. We need to learn uh, what, what is the culture and the worldview of the people around us and how, through the way we uh, behave, the way we treat people, how are we demonstrating the goodness and the grace of God through making friendship with local people, through, through sharing our lives with them, um, by spending time not just with people from the church who are already Christians, but people outside the church, and finding those natural opportunities then to be able to talk about our faith in a natural way, um, to be able to explain Christianity in a way that will make sense to people to whom this may be a completely new concept. And that's, of course, what our missionaries do. Um, we have about um, 25 missionaries from, from, uh, fr from Ireland serving all over Asia and with different Asian people groups. Uh, and, and they spend so much time trying to understand those cultures. They realize if they just go in and, and, uh, and, and preach the gospel, 
um, they may know what they're saying, but the people who they're talking to may have no idea what they're actually talking about. First of all, they have to learn their, their language. Um, often they have to explain concepts. If you go to uh, Thailand and you, 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 you tell a Thai person who, who's, who has no knowledge of the Bible, God so loved the world that he sent his only son that so whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. You might think, yeah, I've given that person the gospel. But that Thai person would say, God? We don't, we don't believe in God. Who, who is God? God had a son? What, what's that about? Sin? We don't believe in sin. We believe in karma. You do bad things, bad things happen to you. You do good things, good things happen to you. And you don't want eternal life. We're trying to escape from the cycle of reincarnation. We, we don't want to live forever. We want to uh, dissolve into nirvana or whatever their worldview is. So, 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 so you see then the, the, the missionary, how much they need to uh, take time to listen and learn about the culture and, and what the people already believe and then to be able to explain Well, this God we're talking about we need to go all, all the way back to Genesis he, he, He's the God that created the world that created you that created everything that lives and breathes and moves And we need to then talk about sin We need to go back to Genesis 3 and, and then we can talk about Jesus because Jesus only makes sense when people understand um, How God created the world what it was supposed to be what what happened that causes all this sin and suffering and then Jesus being the only hope and the solution. So, and I think even with people here, sometimes we, we think we're sharing the gospel, but if someone's not been brought up in a church, maybe, maybe they don't really understand what, what we're trying to say. And we, and, we, and we can only get those chances to really explain to people as we spend time with them, as we do life with them, as we learn about what they think, and then we can gradually help them to understand who God is according to his word and, and what he is offering for them. And uh, we, so we see that the, the, we could say that Christendom is crumbling, and that's really challenging, but that also maybe gives us opportunities, and it means that we have to have a missional mindset right where we are. The, the, in a way, there's a culture in a church, and when we go to our workplaces and our schools, there's a different culture, and we need to think about how we are to share our faith with people who, to who the gospel is very alien, who may even be hostile to the gospel. Uh, um, but, but that's what missionaries have been doing, haven't they, historically all over the world, but it's just a bit closer to home. I think the second thing which has happened, which means we all have to have a missional mindset, is the nations are coming to our doorstep. Yeah, um, Jesus is allowing, the Lord is allowing the nations to come closer to us. We talked about Hudson Taylor having to go get on a, a ship and travel for six months, um, and yet he was going to China because the Chinese were unreached. We have 500 Chinese students um, at Queen's University every year. Um, I, I'm part of a Thursday night Bible study at, at, at a local church. where We have 30 to 40 Chinese students. They're coming. They, they want to learn about uh, our culture. They want to learn about our beliefs. They want to learn about Christianity. They've never had the chance to read the Bible. They want to study the Bible. And suddenly, local Christians are having the chance to, to, to share their faith with, with people from China. And, and we see the nations are, are, are coming um, to us. There are hotels in Belfast and Bangor full of refugees that are waiting to be placed all over Northern Ireland. There are probably thousands of families from Hong Kong on their way to Northern Ireland because of the situation in their homeland with, with China kind of tightening its grip um, on, on, that, on that place and the fear for their their future and their children and their freedoms. Many of them, I mean, the, the UK government actually very generously has given many of them a pathway to come and settle in the UK, and many of them are taking that. Um, and, and, and I hope we, 
as Christians here, uh, as God's people, are not fearful of this, but we see this as a huge opportunity. Many of these people, especially the, the, the asylum seekers and refugees, are coming from places where there's no church, where there's no Christian witness, and they're going to make a new life in a place where there are churches on every corner and there are Christian people all around them who can um, show them the love of God and explain um, what God has done for them through Jesus. So we can't just be interested in people of other cultures and backgrounds when they're far away, when they come and move into our neighborhoods. If we really have God's heart for people of all backgrounds and all cultures, we'll love them when they, they come and they move into our neighborhoods, when we see them in our workplaces, when we see them in our schools, and we'll take those opportunities uh, uh, um, to, to, to reach out to them, seeing that these could be potentially brothers and sisters in Christ if we can show um, them his love. And, and it starts with small things. It starts with when you see someone who's different, who doesn't seem to be around from around here, by, 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 by a smile, taking an interest in them, asking them where they're from, um, saying something kind, maybe a gift or a card to a neighbor at Easter or at, at Christmas, maybe having the courage to actually invite someone from your work or from your neighborhood for a coffee or for a meal or for a walk. And I can tell you that for some of them, this will be the first time a local person has ever done this. Um, we, we, because of my American uh, father, we, we, um, we celebrate Thanksgiving uh, and we usually invite some people um, to come and enjoy Thanksgiving. And it's a wonderful, um, I think, occasion because Thanksgiving's, again, it's about good food and people getting together, but it's also about thankfulness. And we usually gather people together and then we share a little bit about what we're thankful for in our life. And we explain that we believe that all good gifts come from God and that we're thankful to him. So we had this, this small group of Chinese students came and enjoyed Thanksgiving with us. And, and I was just amazed at how thrilled they were just to be invited they told us we've, we've never been into a local person's house. We came here because um, we wanted to live in a new country, we wanted to experience a new culture, and yet this is the first time we've actually been in, in a local home. And, and uh, yeah, I found that, that, that quite moving and, and quite sad to hear that from them. So we need to be um, welcoming people, and we need to be a church that will welcome and help people belong who are from very different backgrounds to welcome and love the stranger in our midst as the Bible um, commands us to do. But I think um, this is um, tricky in, in our times um, because I think um, there's a lot of um, tribalism, there's a lot of fear of, of people from other places and other parts, there's a lot of, um, you just have to go on social media and see the, the, the bickering and the hatred between groups who, who have different identities. And I think we as Christians have to be very careful not to be sucked into these kind of um, political debates and political polarization. And, and because the, the, the tribes are trying to recruit us, they, they, they want us to be part of their tribe. And if you're part of one tribe, then the other tribe is the, the enemy. And as people of God, we need to make sure our identity, our primary identity is in Jesus. Our allegiance is to his global church and our purpose is in seeing all the nations reached, people of all backgrounds coming and finding um, the goodness and grace of Jesus. So I think in these times we have to be very careful we don't get sucked into um, a, a lot of things that, that I think harden people's hearts, make people suspicious of each other, make people not trust each other, and make people not be able to, be able to sit in a room and have discussions. There's so many complex um, um, issues that we're trying to navigate 
but we need to do it with a heart of grace and a heart of understanding and, and, and compassion. And um, I think there are certain things, particularly when it comes to welcoming a stranger, and whether you're left-wing or right-wing or neither, treating people of every race and cultural background with dignity and kindness is a Christian value. It's not a, it doesn't belong to any political side. Standing up for the vulnerable in society is a Christian value. Showing kindness to and welcoming those fleeing poverty and violence and seeking a safe and secure future for their children is a Christian value. Concern for, 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 for this um, is a mark of a Christ-centered missional church. And, 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 it's, and, and when we have compassion for people, it is showing that we have a Christ-like heart. And when um, people are welcomed in from different backgrounds, whether it's different class backgrounds, different um, ethnic backgrounds, different religious backgrounds, different political backgrounds, and, and they are unified and they're worshiping Jesus, then what a witness to the world. Because the world uh, we see just is becoming more and more factional, more and more bitter, more and more people just forming their own tribes and warring against each other. And surely the world, if they see a place where people who out there are fighting in here are together, living in loving community, unified by Jesus, they're going to ask questions. What, 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 is, what is happening here? What ha have they found where people can come together and, and, and they can live in harmony? And I'm not saying that's going to be easy, but that really will show the power of the gospel and show that we can have all these worldly uh, political philosophies, um, but then the end of the day, the gospel, um, the cross, and the reconciliation that Jesus offers um, all humans to himself and through him to each other, that is where we're going to see um, people being able to come from all backgrounds and, and love each other. And that is the vision of the kingdom coming, isn't it? That's what we're going to see, um, as we heard from the, the word of God earlier, um, happening in, in the future. Um, people in all their diversity at the foot of the, uh, of the throne of Jesus, worshiping him. Uh, and, and if that is the heart and the will of God, and surely that's something we need to be striving for right now. Maybe if you could uh, skip a couple of slides to, to um, point two. So we need to then um, find our place in, in, in God's story. Um, God's people, as we've seen, are to be marked with love and grace and mercy to each other. We're to be uh, united in Jesus in a broken and a fractured world. Um, but to be these people right here and now, it's very important that we understand our place in God's big picture, in God's story, and to make sure that we, in the way we act and behave, are reflecting his will and his heart. And we have to go all the way back to Genesis um, chapter 2, uh, 1 and 2 for that. We see how, how the world was created, what God's intention was for his world and, and for humanity. And we see that humanity was to live in harmony not uniformity, they were diverse, they were each uniquely knitted together, um, fearfully and wonderfully made, and yet living in harmony with each other, ruling over creation, and each was bearing God's image, but together, working in harmony, they displayed the goodness of God and his glory. And each was to subdue the part of the world that God had given them, the responsibilities he'd given them, and through doing this, they were um, to, to, to honor God. This was their worship. 
and, and they were creating spaces where people could live and flourish. Then we know in Genesis 3, um, this was all smashed apart. And we all know and experience this brokenness in our life. The cosmos was fractured and relations between God and people, between each other, um, and between people and creation was fractured. People start to struggle over power um, and we start to have conflict between races, between classes, between nations. Outside God's rule, people want to take the place of God and to fight over the abundance that God has provided, which is plenty for each and every one of us. Uh, and, and that's the state we see in the world today when we look around us, switch on the news, uh, and this is all evident. But we have hope because of revelation, because we know what the kingdom coming is going to look like. A people of every tribe, nation, and tongue worshiping Jesus, beautiful diversity united in him, uh, 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 and, and that is what we have to look forward to, and that's what we're inviting people into. But Colossians 1 tells us that this kingdom, we have a vision and revelation of it coming when it comes in all its fullness, what it will look like. But it's a coming kingdom. Jesus said in Revelation, I am making all things new. It's already coming, and it will come, and we're to be part of seeing that kingdom come. And we see that through the cross of Jesus that um, this, this brokenness, this pain, this sin, it began to be undone, and people started to be reconciled. And Jesus died, he rose, and he ascended, and he poured out his Holy Spirit, and he formed his body on earth, a new humanity, and we are to be that new humanity here and now. As it says in Galatians 3, so in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith, for all of you were baptized into Christ and have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ. So this is the new creation that has begun. Let's remember when Paul um, was writing to the, the early church, um, this was a, 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 a really radical thing. There was such animosity between male and female, between slave and slave owner, between Jew and Gentile, and he was telling them that they were now one. And this was something that had never been seen or done before. And a lot of Paul's writing is, is to help them to understand their new identity, their new allegiance, and, and who they were as God's new creation, God's new humanity on earth, and what their purpose was. Things like the, the Lord's table were, were powerful, um, symbolic things for them to understand their unity as they shared around that table and remembered what Christ had done for them and remembered his sacrifice and remembered that he was coming again. And, but people from all kinds of backgrounds um, sharing that truth, experiencing that truth and preaching that truth um, to each other. So welcoming people of all backgrounds is not an optional extra, but it's something that should be a character of God's church. And finally, then how do we be these people? So if we go on to the, the, the third point, my third slide. Um, being the people of God, um, having understood who we are and what God wants us to be from his word, how do we, how do we go about this? And I just have a few um, things I want to share from my experiences and, and, and from some things that I've observed and, and have been on my heart and mind, and I hope you'll find them helpful and encouraging. Um, in the midst of all the growing divisions and hostilities in the culture and the world around us, um, I think there's a real sense that God is 
also doing something else that we may be seeing an Acts 2 moment. Acts 2 was when people from all different nations, backgrounds, and ethnicities gathered in Jerusalem. Um, and the Holy Spirit was poured out. They heard the gospel proclaimed each in their own tongue. And a multinational, multicultural church was born. And then they were dispersed. They all went back to where they'd come from to witness. And the world was changed. And we're sat here today as a ripple effect uh, of, of what happened on that day. And despite COVID, despite conflicts around the world, the church is more global and diverse than ever. Though you may see it not so evident here in a hohol, um, across the UK, um, people of all nations are becoming disciples of Jesus and are forming intercultural churches and demonstrating the redeeming and reconciling power of the gospel. And this is really exciting. And in times when we're tempted to be very gloomy and to think that um, maybe we're under attack, the church is shrinking. There are things that are going on which you won't see on the BBC, which you won't see on Sky News, which you won't read in your newspapers, of people coming to Christ, of churches growing, of people from all different backgrounds coming and, and demonstrating that, 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 that power of reconciliation that only Jesus can bring between people. And, and that's really exciting. Um, I was over in, in Manchester a weekend ago, uh, the weekend before last, and it was wonderful to be part of a, 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 a multicultural church there, people from all backgrounds, many students who'd come to study in that city, had come to faith and, 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 were, and were, were, were worshiping in that church, welcomed by local people, and those people are going to, those students are going to go back to their nations as followers of Jesus, and imagine the impact they're going to have when they, when they share the gospel. We also need to remember that um, God's kingdom has always come from um, the, the margins. Um, and uh, this is evident from the story of, of Jesus himself. So when you think Jesus was born to a single mother, engaged to a carpenter, his earthly home was a backwater, far-flung part of the, of the uh, Roman Empire. To preserve his life, his family had to flee to another country for refuge. His disciples, who he entrusted with establishing God's kingdom on earth, were a motley crew, including ex-terrorists, corrupt government officials, and uneducated fishermen. These were the people, and this was the context through which uh, the kingdom of heaven broke into earth. And I don't think this is just um, the exception. And I think this needs to mean that we need to be willing to listen to others. And now, as so much of the church is found in other parts of the world, we may have been used to being the ones who, who send missionaries with the knowledge, with the resources to bless others, and there's still a huge need for that, don't get me wrong, but as we see um, the church grow in Latin America, in Africa, and Asia, um, they have so much to teach us as well. And I think part of being involved in cross-cultural mission, it's not just the blessing of the nations, it's that we then our missionaries build bridges between us and other parts of the world, and we get to hear about how God is working through his people and his church in other parts of the world. And just as we send people that they will be blessed, we are also blessed when we are connected with God's global church and see what he's doing around the world. And many of our brothers and sisters in Africa and Asia have so much to teach us because their discipleship has been done in the context of persecution, suffering, poverty, oppression, and, and, and they have found God faithful in those circumstances, and we 
um, can learn a lot from them, and we need to be willing to, to, to do that. Um, just in closing, I want to um, show a, a couple of pictures. Um, so the, the first one is, is of a Northern Irish missionary who's been in the Philippines for, 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 for um, 20 years, Irene McMahon, uh, and she recently wrote um, just about how much Filipino Christians has, have taught her. She went out to bless them, and her and her husband, Wilson, have been a part of an uh, amazing church planting ministry. They went to a, a pretty much unreached tribe um, about 20 years ago, learned the language, lived in these remote villages, and have now seen amongst those people group um, dozens of churches established uh, and kind of a, a network of churches amongst this tribe of evangelical churches. Um, and yet she'll say um, how much she learned from Philip from her, her Filipino neighbors, uh, and this is what she, she writes. Firstly, I had to lean, learn to lean on God in a way I probably never would have done had I stayed in Northern Ireland. Living in a remote tribal village with small children who were often sick stretched my faith. I could always leave. I could get out of the village and go to a hospital. My Filipino neighbors could not. They taught me about herbal remedies and demonstrated that the first recourse for help when someone was sick was a spiritual source. They taught me how interconnected our lives are with the spiritual one. She goes on to say, I had to learn the power and value of community and relationships. I had been brought up to be independent, to fix things myself, never to borrow. In the Philippines, I learned the beauty of sharing and the reality that there is no such thing as independence. I have been humbled by the generosity of my Filipino colleagues, of their kindness to me, despite my directness and often blundering ways. I am still learning how to read the silence, how to understand gestures and prompts and suggestions. I'm grateful to grace the grace extended to us as a family for nearly 20 years. Our faith is richer for it. So just how, um, yeah, our sister has been enriched by, 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 by Christians in the Philippines. And finally, in closing, I want to um, mention um, that, that God is bringing people to us, brothers and sisters from other parts of the world to us, and we also need to be willing to not just welcome them and be charitable to them, but, but, but to, to, to listen to them, because they have so much to teach us. And I, I did have a picture of a guy called um, David Maganda. He was a, a refugee himself. He, he, he fled from South Sudan to, to, to Uganda. Um, he's the guy on the right with a smile on his face, he's always smiling. If you ask him, how are you? He always simply says, grateful brother, I'm grateful. <laughs> and, and, and now he, he lives in Northern Ireland and having been a refugee himself, he's established a wonderful ministry, All Nations Ministries, and, and, and many new refugees, asylum seekers are signposted to David and, 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 and he has a ministry where he will, um, he'll, he will go, he has a big van, he'll collect secondhand food and clothes and, and uh, not second-hand food, sorry, new food, <laughs> you know what I mean, that's been bought by Christians and donated furniture, clothes, and then he, he takes them to a, a big hall, and then as, as new asylum seekers pass through every week, they come, and many of them have, have nothing except what, what the, the clothes um, that they're wearing. They're able to choose um, warm clothes, clothes for their kids, maybe some, some, some household appliances if they're, they're, they've been given new housing, and this is how he's blessing them. Um, he also recycles bikes. Many of these people, they don't have cars, so, so he, recycle, he, he, he 
does up bikes and gives them bikes so they can get around. He, he has organized English classes, computer classes, teaching people how, how to drive. So, so just lots of practical ways of, of welcoming um, people who have come to this land and are trying to make it their home. And what, what I love about, about David, he, he, he's very practical. He helps people in practical ways. He doesn't see them as projects. He sees them as, as friends. He always wants to listen to them and hear about their stories and what they've suffered. Um, but he's not shy about his faith either, but in such a natural way. Anytime there's a gathering and he's there, he'll say, let's, let's pause and, and let's listen to God. Let's talk to God. And he will, he will pray in the name of Jesus for, for these refugees and asylum seekers that God will bless them, that God will take care of them. And, and I've never seen any of them, many of them for different faith backgrounds, many of them Muslims, I've never seen any of them object. In fact, many of them are now interested in, in David's faith because they see a joyful man, they see a generous man, and, and, and a man who shares his faith so openly. And what I would say is that, that David, maybe if you saw him, you could think he's a wee guy from Africa who's come here. Um, he was a refugee. And yet, as I've got to know him, he's taught me so much about what real living faith is like, what, what putting other people first is like, what it is like just being vibrant with your faith. When you see the way he speaks, the way he acts, you see Jesus shine through him. So I hope that you're encouraged. Um, we're part of God's mission. It's God's mission, not our mission, and God gives us a role in it, and that can look like many different things. And thank you for all the prayers, all the giving, all the sending that you've done over the years. Um, you'll, we'll only discover in eternity the lives that have been, been uh, transformed by that. Uh, and please keep, keep, keep doing that. There, there are still parts of the world where people are living and dying without any opportunity to hear about Jesus. Um, but the nations are also coming to our doorstep, and let's be aware of that. And let's every one of us remember that we are to be witnesses in our Jerusalems, our Judeas, our Samarias, and perhaps to the end of the world, and, and let, let's make sure we are faithful um, to that where God has placed us. And may God bless you as a church, and may you grow as you love each other and others come in and experience your love.